0: then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you.
1: Customers generally know what they want at the end of the day. So sometimes they'll come in and they know that they, you know, I just want the space to get my stuff and leave it and that's it. And then you get the other people that want the whole lifestyle holistic kind of package.
0: Hello, welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Alexander, and today I'm joined by Megan Brown. Hi, Megan. Hello, hello. Hi, Megan. Thanks for coming out from behind the scenes (laughs) and joining me on the podcast today. For those of you that haven't met Megan before, Megan has been working with us for five years. Yeah, coming up. Yep, and Megan does all the um, work in CPI and helps with the podcast and all of our... um, support that we give our members in the community and also other social... What, what don't you do, Megan?
1: I was going to say, you're really painting a good scene there. Thanks. <laughs>
0: what don't you do? Um, for those that you know, that know you and I, you do most of it, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not all of it.
0: <laughs> so um, what we thought we'd do is talk about um, co-working and shared space. So yep. rather than... Let's just set that confusion thing out of the way first off. So when we refer to co-working, for us, co-working is shared space, right?
1: Yeah, open plan, shared space.
0: Yeah, and we've got, in this building we're in, we're up in Dundee, we've got about 2,500 square feet of shared space, which is across a couple of different floors, and about 13 14,000 square foot gross the whole building. So it's, we're working out, it's about 18% or something of the floor plate, right? So yep. just to give people a, a context, and... We just thought we'd go through some of the things we've learned in the last three, four years, five years, in fact. Yeah. Sorry, I Sorry. was going to say, I had a few more on. that. <laughs> yeah, we've been running that kind of stuff here and some of the lessons we've learned. Because uh, co-working itself, when people discuss it, are often talking about um, just shared space, right? But some others talk about shared space with offices, which is really what we have in this building. Yeah. But I think if we try and concentrate on... The shared space and the membership stuff, right? So when you first joined us, did we have members? Is that how we describe I think we did. Yeah, didn't we, we
1: did describe them as members, but we had a clear distinction between members what like that was specifically for co working, right. what we saw that as. And then we referred to them as customers for everybody else. Yes, <laughs> in their office offices.
0: Space. Yes, so then we've, so we changed our language a bit, probably not too long after you, or was that, no, maybe it was actually a wee while after.
1: It was maybe about a year or two in, um, we started trying to refer to everyone as members.
0: Across the whole mill, yeah. So... In the space that we're in right now, which is the Business Lounge, um, we've well, maybe you could just tell us, what are the mix of memberships we do for here or the types of people that use this space?
1: Types of people. So we've got, uh, I mean, there's a massive mix throughout the whole building, but in this Business Lounge, we've got um, someone that works for New York Tourism. We've got authors and um, people that do marketing. Occasionally, I'll overhear someone hosting a webinar or something. So there's lots of different activity going on in the background, either individuals that work for themselves freelance or for larger companies so there's a good mixed bag in there
0: yeah so when you're when there's viewings going on five years ago most people who came in would probably be paying the bill at some point mm-hmm. whereas now and i think particularly with business lounge stuff a lot of it's paid by, for by hr department yeah it's
1: generally now sitting Outside of that individual, so it used to be they would come in and they would make the decision on the spot. We still, we do still have quite a bit of that, but I would definitely say the percentage is now weighing more so into the company actually paying for it because a lot of people, especially since COVID, have started to get allocated a certain amount of credit by their company to use towards workspace. So that tends to come to these memberships.
0: Yeah, I was looking at numbers yesterday, and definitely last. Even though this month, actually, this month, February, where is our best numbers. Mm-hmm. Just in- incrementally increasing, isn't it? Yeah. Just back to the memberships, though, the, the, the different types of memberships we offer here. We've got part-time. Do you want to maybe go through the different types of um customers, not necessarily their professions, but the types of uses that they have for this space?
1: Yeah. Um, so we do part-time which is a lot more of like a flexible membership so it's for someone that is really just looking for a touch point either to get themselves out of the the house basically um or to be able to interact with other people so sometimes that person might travel quite a lot as well so they're actually not necessarily in the city for Mm -hmm. that long so they just want to have a base that they can come to you know one day a week um you know maybe even less than that so that works quite well for that type of person and then we've got full-time membership where they can come in as often as they want and use the space. And they generally are, you know, they're looking for more of the concentrated space to get away from their kids or just gonna throw that away. <laughs> um, to get away from their kids, their family, have a space outside the house um, or generally to meet other people. That's one of the big draws I would say to this building is we've been working a lot on the community side of things. Yep. So they've maybe been working in a large office previously, maybe traveling to London or Edinburgh, a bigger city. And now the company's decided to get rid of that office and they're looking for, you know, to fill that gap and the people that used to be around them. So that's kind of the, the main sort of types of people we're okay, getting in. So
0: we've got part time, full time and some, it's also available for everybody else, isn't it, in the mill? We've got... Yeah.
1: So all of our, we've got all of our private offices, there's about 33 private offices in the building as well. And everyone that occupies an office can have full access to this space as well. So they can meet some of their customers down here, use it as a breakout space if they've got, you know, different calls and things going on in their
0: office. I mean, just anecdotally, right, because we don't know the numbers exactly, but for those that are full time, what would you say they're generally coming in for? Is there any that you can think of coming five days a week? Or are they maybe three days a week? What, what is their usage? There's
1: probably, it, It's more so recently, people have been coming in a lot more often mm-hmm. for the full time, but it's still probably less than half that actually utilise it okay. five days a week.
0: And the part-time guys?
1: Um, it's a bit like a gym membership. It's nice Just, to have that they've got it. Sometimes yeah. they'll turn up more often than they're supposed to. and we we'll do a bit of an upsell, but I, I would say that there's quite a lot of them that they, they'll come in, they'll maybe come in quite consistently for a little while and then they'll disappear and then they'll come back again. So it's, right. I think that's quite a difficult one to, I guess, what's the nature of the flexible. What's split between
0: like, sorry, what's our split between like part-time, full-time? Half uh, and half or?
1: It's half and half at the moment. So we equal numbers for that, okay. which has changed quite a lot. Mm-hmm. It used to be that we would have double the part-time to full-time, whereas now that's balanced out again.
0: Okay. And those that are coming in, um, what type of space are they using? Because we have got different, you know, we've got obviously desks in here, we've got phone booths, there's some meeting rooms, there's some relaxy seats. What, what What's the kind of thing that most people are coming in for or is it totally changed? very uh, varies, sorry. Um,
1: it varies. They definitely want to have a good workstation. That's one of the things we get asked quite a lot because it's that, you know, what's the difference between sitting in here in a coffee shop? Yeah. And that's one of it. But the two big things that people are coming in for at the moment are monitors. So we've got some monitors set up. Right. Um They've been a big hit with the members, and they're generally used on a daily basis, and the phone booth as well. So it's that having that ability to be part of the bigger space, but also when they want to have complete quiet <laughs> or have a confidential conversation on, with someone on the phone, they can nip into that booth and have that without yeah. anyone disrupting them. When
0: so when we've the space has evolved, we didn't have a phone booth. Yes. We didn't have meeting rooms. Um, how much has that influenced customers and take up and I guess stickiness, people staying around?
1: I would say it makes a big difference, and mm-hmm. it's for two reasons. Is one is it's so much easier for us to sell because we can ha- we can advertise these as benefits of being in the space, so you get more of a, an energy from us actually trying to sell the product, yeah, um, <laughs> rather than trying to you know
0: more belief in your product, right? yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: um but then I guess the other side of that is that um it's nice to have people like the luxury of having something like that sometimes people will come in and they'll have you know I must have a meeting room I must have phone booth private space all of this stuff but how often they use it is another story but it's it's a nice to have in the space and quite often when you're doing viewings and people are coming in they're seeing people actively using them they're like oh, I'm going to use that at some point and it almost makes the sale for you a little bit
0: yeah so as and I, I want to talk about stickiness but we'll maybe we come back to that just in terms of people staying around but you mentioned there about coffee shop shared space differences and the type of works workstation and the ability to have a private call what else would you say is different for those that are listening thinking about doing that kind of mix or or indeed they're thinking well I'm I maybe could do this, but I might put some food and bev in. You know, what What would you say is the differences, really?
1: I mean, the, the biggest difference when somebody asks me that question as a customer is, is that, is that what you're Yeah. For? Yeah. When someone asks me that as a customer is internet, first and foremost. So you've got, I mean, we've got a gigabit line coming into this building, but generally if you're working in a coffee shop in comparison to a co-working space, Pop you're going to have yeah. much better connection, speed and security as well. Uh, and then second to that is the atmosphere. They are very different work environments. Um, step into a coffee shop and you might have kids in the background. It's a lot more hustle and bustle. Come into a space like this, everyone's here for the same uh, objective at the end of the day. Everyone's here to work and Everyone has a bit of a competitive nature. You see other people working around you, you naturally all try and work as well. (laughs) Whereas if you're in a coffee shop, there is obviously a social element here, but you're more likely to get distracted and not actually get on with what you're doing. So it's a completely different working environment, I would say. Um, And they're probably the two biggest ones when someone comes in and asks that internet uh, environment. Obviously, the station that you're sitting at, you can have soft seating in a co-working space, but... I would say that we have less of our members that actually use that as a space to sit down and work for the day. It's more, you know, they're wanting a break from the screen or they're meeting to have a conversation with someone.
0: Or hijack it and do a podcast.
1: Or doing a podcast, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that covers enough for listeners about setting the kind of scene for what we do here?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's it's that mix of everything. We've got private offices, we've got the co-working space. Uh, We've got our members and the different communities and the stuff that we're we're offering to them. So I think so.
0: Okay, so let's move on to that stickiness thing. So um, before having this type of space, our buildings were just meeting room, not meeting room, sorry, uh, private spaces. There might have been a reception of some kind Mm -hmm. and somewhere like a tea point, communal tea points. But actually now, um, particularly through this building, we've experimented and tried different things, right? So we've got this business lounge here on the on the ground floor but we also have a couple of other spaces in the building that we're sort of bleeding into kind of <laughs> that shared thing isn't it but originally we had all of our shared stuff together and it'd be interesting because some people listen to this who are really into co-working will have a lot more experience than us but our experience of sharing both fixed desk which we haven't spoken about yet part-time and full-time memberships all in the same space didn't it didn't really work so well for us, did it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a bit of a difficult time with that at the start because, one, co-working wasn't a huge thing in Dundee Mm -hmm. and we were trying to do a bit of education on that. So we're trying to have that, you know, coffee shop or co-working conversation with people that are coming through the door. And then those two different membership types attract two different people, we've found anyway, and that might just be local to this area, but generally speaking we found that people that were coming in for a fixed desk wanted a bit of a quieter space and those that were coming in for the more flexible sort of hot desking,
0: um,
1: they wanted the background noise and they wanted the social element of it and having them both together actually caused a little bit of friction and it's also quite difficult to separate you know, this is your desk and this is a like a free zone yes. and actually making a clear distinction between those those two yeah, offerings. Yeah, somebody's
0: paying for that. You can't sit there. It's difficult, yeah. isn't it? So
1: it's actually quite hard to sell them side by side because people don't tend to see the value as much of the dedicated desk yeah. because it's in the same space as the more flexy stuff. So it was quite a hard sell when they're right next and to one another. And
0: we've also managed to differentiate because the fixed desks are in a different area, which means they can be 24-hour 24, twenty-four hour access, whereas the business lounge restricts to yeah. nine to five. But then it allows you to upsell, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. And that was one of the things before, when they we were both in the same space, we still had that, you know, this one's 24 hours and this one's nine to five. But it means that you've got to try and monitor that, which is a lot yep. harder if you're not locking the door at the end of the day and you're relying either on technology or people to kick them out yes. um so that did make quite a big difference think, in that
0: i mean we've been kind of lucky in the u- unique form of the building however if it had all been on one giant ground floor or private offices and everything else you probably still have them in the same space but you'd tr- use a lot of clever yeah. design to try and say right that area over there is, yeah it's is trying fixed. to zone it as much yes, as possible zones, so that right.
1: it looks i guess you know this is a premium product and this is not as such. And it's <laughs> trying to say that in a nice <laughs> way. <word. laughs> um, but it's tr- yeah, it's trying to make that clear distinction between them. This is a zone that is, you know, for people that get 24-hour access, they maybe have some more premium spec yep. coffee or whatever it is that you're trying to give more value to that membership and make it really apparent visually as well as, you know, how you actually operate that on a day-to-day yeah. basis.
0: So let's come back to stickiness. Stickiness being getting customers to hang around for longer than they may be, Wanted to, and and it's best to re re go through that distinction again between private offices and business lounge. Business lounge members, the stickiness. We'll come on to about how to make sure that customers feel welcome and they want to stay, but equally. Having those shared spaces means, and the activities are going means that those in offices also want to hang around. So what what are some of the things we've been doing here and trying to do more of? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not perfect, right?
1: Well, one of it was, as you're saying, is introduce more breakout space so that people that are in private offices, yeah. you know, they maybe have enough space in there for their, their desks. If it's a four-person space, they've got the space for that. but. That doesn't necessarily mean they've got the room to breathe for other activities that they're wanting to do in their work life. So introducing more breakout space um, definitely means they can use the phone booth that we've got on the ground floor. They can interact with some other people. But what we were trying, or still are trying to do, um, is create a sense of community in the building as well so that you're not isolated to a room and you actually feel like you're part of a, a bigger thing. So we do events that we'll host monthly just for our members.
0: That's where all that pink fizz came from. That right? is
1: where all that pink fizz came from, yeah. Don't know why it's pink though, it just sort of I think it was the leftovers. <laughs> uh, note to self, don't buy any more pink. T- <laughs>
0: <laughs> not if you're leaving it for me to scavenge.
1: <laughs> um, so we will host events like that and some of them will be social, some of them will be more business orientated or networking based. But it's just an opportunity for us to get to know the members but also to break the ice for them between yep. one another so that they're not walking past one another on the stairs and just ignoring because they've actually been introduced at something that you know a wine and cheese night for example they know their name and they maybe know a little bit about them so they can ask a question about you know how's your dog doing or how's that project that you told me about yeah. and it just helps a little bit to make them feel like they're part of something so that when they're leaving they feel a bit more sad about it yes. <laughs> and hopefully they don't and they come back to us um, but that's one of the big things I would say is we've got this shared space, but the community is 100% the thing that we've been focusing a lot on to try and keep people around. And with that obviously comes with having a staff member on site. That's not for every building, but for us that's integral yep. to keeping that community, introducing people and making them feel, you know, there's someone that smiles and says hello to them every time they walk through the door. Yeah. Um, one thing that we've more recently started doing is interacting with the wider business community as well. So we don't have a food and bed offering on site, but what we've started doing is trying to partner with some of the local businesses around about us as well. So we've got different coffee shops, um, wine bar that you yep. visited the other night, Jerry. <laughs> Um And a few, we've got a... a barber that's involved in it there's lo- lots of different businesses that are within a walking distance from the building that have partnered with us to offer a discount to our members so it gives them a that little bit extra stickiness like you say um but it also means that we are interacting with some of the local businesses yep. and we're trying to you know support everything that's happening around about this area How many members do we have we've got over 100 members in the building now. Um, They come and go, some of them aren't permanently based here, but that's kind of roughly the... Yeah,
0: so it's not insignificant, it's not huge, but it's not insignificant for local businesses as as a draw.
1: And because a lot of people, they will go out for their lunch and grab a coffee and meet with people off-site as well, so it's quite a helpful thing to just make sure that they know that we exist and they exist so we can refer to one another.
0: Looking forward, we've got this... We've got the community thing going on. Um, it's allowed us to create uh, and maybe we should just touch on marketing for a second around community it allows us to sh- showcase what's going on in the building but also showcase what customers are doing mm-hmm. so that those looking in feel a bit more I mean maybe you wanted to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah so I mean you've kind of said it. it a bit there yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Our, our strategy Thanks. with this building <laughs> is to do uh, an outside looking in approach basically yep. so that people, it's you know, <laughs> stealing my phrase. Um, so people get a little bit of FOMO almost so that they're, they're, you know, they're seeing what's going on and they want to be part of it. Yep. Um, I said it earlier today, I don't particularly see this job as doing sales in any kind of way. It's more about the relationship building. So that's what we try and approach the marketing for it as well so that it's, you know, we don't have, here's our membership and here's our office space. It's look at this building and everything that's happening in it. Look at the events that we're doing and, you know, look at what our mem- members are getting up to and doing a bit more of a shout out for them.
0: Yeah, and that, and, you know, there's that tricky thing between, um you, again, we mentioned this earlier on about getting a bit too cocky, mm-hmm. but equally have a, having a good premium product that you can charge appropriate for. Yeah. And as the product, Additions and values gone up. It means we can um respectfully ex- accept higher <laughs> <our laughs> membership fees, right?
1: What a polite way of putting it.
0: But it does, though, so, doesn't it? Because you, you're you're constant. You know, we're yeah. constantly testing here and pushing and, and trying to see where the market level is. And we don't. We still don't really know. Yeah, do I
1: mean, it, it's like I said earlier because co-working wasn't really a big thing in Dundee. We've had the luxury of sort of. Taking our time with it a little bit, yes. but also trying to educate people around it, experiment with their own model and with our own pricing. But it also meant that we didn't really have a ballpark figure to to go against. So what we've obviously done over the years is have conversations about how we can add value. So that's anytime we look at the product that we're offering, it's always on what's next, what's yeah. next. And with that obviously comes with a, an increase in, in price for memberships as well, yeah. which naturally happens when the product gets sure. better and better <laughs> sure
0: exactly having a business lounge and shared space and co-working when you've got a mix of offices and our proportion here as we said is maybe 80 percent offices leads one to think well this act is a bit of an incubator so i mean has there been many instances where um uh, Person maybe's come in, look for an office, they've decided, well, we haven't got any, so they've maybe moved into the business lounge to start with, and then when an office has become available, they've moved into that office, or have they come into the business lounge and then decided at some point, oh, do you know what, I need my own private office.
1: Yeah, I mean, we do both of those scenarios, to mm-hmm. be entirely honest. Um, it's a really good way of trying to just keep people in the loop, because we take that approach of join the community and join the building. Um, quite often we'll have a waiting list for a space which is a f- fantastic position to be in um, but we don't just want to show someone an office space say we don't have any and we'll put you on the waiting list and just get in touch yeah. with them in six months time so we'll always offer that as as an opportunity you know come into the business lounge and um, you can hang around you can still come to our events and um, and we can get to know you and as soon as an office is available you're kind of on the front line to be able to be notified about that so we do that quite often um, but I would say more so we have people that start in the business lounge and they work their way up between this to a fixed desk up to a private office and then they just kind of grow from there and that's what's really nice about this model is that most of our customers, once we've got them in the door and we can add that stickiness to them, if their business grows, they want to grow within this building. And it's nice, sad as it is, to see people outgrow us as well.
0: Sure, yeah. Um, there's been quite a few examples of that, hasn't yeah. there, over the years, that companies have been really successful and, and and then eventually they move out. And I guess that's our job done, right? Yeah. And once they've left, you you hope that it's all on great terms and they recommend you and, and on, on it goes. With the... Um, the members that come in to the business lounge that don't take an office how long do they tend to stay around
1: um I'd love to give you an average for that I need to pick a number out for you but it it, it ranges quite a lot to be honest mm-hmm. we've had some members that have been with us since I started so well, five years coming up <laughs> okay and we have other members that come in for a day so it
0: Oh yeah, we need to talk yeah. about day passes, right? Okay, <laughs> that yep. was my reminder to you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we do have people that come in <laughs> on a day, a daily basis. But if someone signs up for a membership, at the moment we're generally holding on to them for about twelve months, if not longer, which is that's I think good. quite that unusual. That's pretty good. I think. Um, yeah. But we we do still have maybe about, I'd say that's maybe about half of them. The other half tend to drop in and out, and they maybe leave us for a bit and they come back, and, and our numbers kind of fluctuate. I would say.
0: Yeah, we've we've got some great. Funny stories for that, yeah. but people that, that come in, stay with us for ages, eventually they're like, oh no, no, I need to go home, or I need to go and do something else. And then they come back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we actually had one recently that um, he had an office with us. I think he moved to about three different offices in the building. Yes. And then he left to go work from home for a little while and signed up to the business lounge again. Maybe a week later. I think it was a week. <sighs> I'll just take another office. Go on, guys. <laughs> so there he is, back in his office, <laughs> still with us now.
0: <laughs> in the fourth office.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's great though, isn't it? I mean, and there is some real characters when, you're, especially when they're with you for longer, and you get to know them more. Mm-hmm. And you were talking earlier on um, give people context. We were doing some mastermind earlier on, but we were talking about um, doing viewings and the fact that when you've got members that have been around for a while, they almost join in.
1: Oh yeah which I love actually because it makes your job so much easier <laughs> but yeah we'll occasionally just be walking around the building and we'll, I'll maybe mention if I'm next to someone oh and we have people that do such and such a job and they'll just chime up for us and start joining in or I'll mention something about an event and someone will be like oh yeah I was at the barbecue this summer and it was great Um. so it, because we've created that sort of warm friendly environment and you know we know our customers really, really well. They want to interact and almost be our advocates for us, which is you know I'm not going to say no to that. They can do that anytime they want, and it just really shows the people that are coming into us that they're going to get looked after, yeah. and you know we're not making up what we're saying. We we do try with our product, and yeah. hopefully they'll they'll enjoy it just as much as the people that they're meeting on the day we, they come in.
0: <laughs> I'm going to come back to stay passes because it's just popped back in my head, but we've been, I guess fortunate in that we've had this petri dish here for five years that we've experimented and we haven't had um, necessarily pressures from competition right next door so mm-hmm. we've been able to evolve and see what's going on or or should I say we haven't had competition challenging us if we were to do this again and I'm thinking more about people that are listening to this maybe just got a building or thinking about buying a building and doing this kind of model you know what, what kind of time period can you condense that down to because it's taken us five years to evolve to this apparent utopia, right? <laughs> 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 to uh, to being in a good place. Mm-hmm. But if we were to go back with the lessons we've learned, start again, what do you think that time frame would be? Because the, the whole thing about getting started, filling a building, then starting to improve the offer, then improving the offer again, switching out stuff that doesn't work, putting in new stuff, da-da-da-da-da, all those lessons that have been during that time, I mean... What do you think? Two years?
1: I would probably say two. I think you need to give yourself enough time to go, to have held people on for longer than a year. Yep. Um, and you'll probably also need to let go of some people as well while sure. you're kind of going through that process. Um, and it'll give you the opportunity to kind of figure out, you know, what, what price is it that you're doing your memberships at, what events are you wanted yep. to do, what niche of the market you're maybe targeting as well. But I do think, I'd probably say about two years for that because it does take time to build up the rapport with your customers and make a sort of stamp in your local area because that's probably yes. one of the big things yep. is m- making sure that you people know where you are and what it is that you do and that they understand what co-working is. That's probably one of the biggest barriers yes. if you're going somewhere new. Um, and that can take a little bit of time just to get people on board with what it is that you're doing and once they're there that's fantastic and they'll start advocating but you do need to do a little bit of work Yeah, so there's no
0: there's certain stuff you can't short circuit
1: Yeah, you can't I mean you could get the whole a fantastic building all bells and whistles but I think the actual fundamental of educating about what your membership's getting the right price and the right offer is really and building a community with
0: yeah last with relationships that are at the end of the day yeah
1: it doesn't matter how nice your building is and how flashy it is i mean like, that's this realistic at the end we've of the day got nice a we, do, we do we do have a lovely building <laughs> but you you know you could put I mean, all sometimes
0: of the lights are flashing but not on purpose <laughs> right
1: it's actually one on the f- Third floor, I need to
0: change. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go back to day passes because it was a bit of income we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. And initially we had this situation where we had um, a space that was co-working, fixed desks, everything all thrown into one space. And at the time, I don't think we really did day pass. I'm not even sure the technology really allowed you to do that. But now it seems to yeah. be becoming, well, in a week, are we? maybe you should talk through a day pass. What is, what? From a technology point of view, what's our experience with day passes?
1: Um So I think if we go way back, I don't mm-hmm. really think... One, we were never really asked for them. Um, and I don't think we would have really understood how to sell. <laughs> understood. Yes. Um, yeah, that's I didn't have
0: the tech there really to make... Because now it's a really smooth process, right?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, if you were to ask me five years ago, I'd be like, how do I take a payment from them? I don't have a card machine on site all, all of that like what do yes. I do when they just rock up and say hi I'm here to use your space I, I probably would have been a bit like oh okay <laughs> whereas we've got it set up now that someone can sign on to that easily online um we've got their internet set up we've got a sort of a predetermined password that we'll will give people for day passes and we get a notification to say that someone's paid for that online and they're coming in on whatever day that they're coming in on. And we basically just need to say hello when they walk through the door and make sure that they know where the facilities are and how how to use them, basically, how to get on the internet. And that's as simple as it is.
0: It's amazing that yeah you can come in at half eight in the morning or something and and there's an email that's saying oh by the way there's another two people joining you today who paid for it last night at 11 o'clock when they thought i need to go somewhere and work
1: Uh and you've never interacted with them before as well which is also really interesting because before every customer that walked through our door we'd had a conversation with them beforehand whereas that's a complete fresh face that we've never even had to say a word to and they've purchase something with us which is
0: and and, you know we could probably do a whole episode on day passes right because there's different platforms that do these now there's um people that will buy maybe buy three or four but then they'll just use them throughout a period you know and some of course the same thing where the head office pays for it and there's legions of people out there for large companies that that will go on platforms on the internet maybe when it's specific to their business that they use to say right um i'm going to be in Edinburgh on Thursday, what can I use? They go on the platform, the business base for it because it's already set up with the finances, and they just turn up and on you go. Which is.
1: I mean, there's a good few of that I mean, we actually had two this week from Hubble, was one that we were um, listed with. But there's Hubble, there's Upflex, there's um, Desana and they're kind of big names in the industry for that as well. So it's a really good opportunity if you are trying to become you know known for co-working and flex space in your local area to get listed on them because yep. i can say for certain that when we first listed with them i don't know about now. i need to double check we were the only se- um, center in dundee that was there so if somebody went on to one of those platforms and they looked for a co-working space in dundee we were their only but obviously the best option <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it really helps to raise your profile with that. And it taps into that more kind of, I guess, corporate market where you've got bigger companies that want one bill at the end of the day rather than having lots of little, yep. you know, a purchase order with the flour mill and one with WeWork and one with somewhere else. They can just go to one central place and have, um, you know, just Asana sending them an invoice for their 200 members that have used facilities across the entire of the UK. So it's it's quite an interesting approach to... Getting people in the door,
0: and it's quite a premium, really. I mean, it's like people say, you know, how long's your how long's your lease for, right? Not knowing that it's a license. So, right, first off, you have that discussion about well, actually, we tend to do licenses, but technically, our shortest inverted commas license is one hour in a meeting room, yep. right? And it goes goes from there, doesn't it? And of course, one hour in a meeting room is a premium. Eight hours in a business lounge is a slightly higher price, and then, you know, a, a week, because we do sometimes week, yeah, passes, we do week passes. we do week passes well, And yeah. then a month and da-da, so on and so forth. So there's actually, uh, we're in the business of space, mm-hmm. right, and trying to utilise it and maximise the return on it as best we can whilst jug spinning all these plates, <laughs> trying to satisfy all these different customers and making it so that they feel that there's... Um, there's value there other than just leasing a space or using a coffee shop, like, mm-hmm. like you said earlier on. So if somebody's looking at co-working, shared space, what are some of the things that maybe we could say that would help or help them make the decision on what they're doing? And, and From and an I'm,
1: operator's point of
0: view. From an operating point of view. And and, and I, it you know, is the commercial probably, what is it again? <laughs> <laughs>
1: the commercial property investor podcast. <laughs> Thank you. It's the
0: commercial property investor podcast, right? But ultimately, some people will do rent to rent in our industry, yeah. right? So, bearing in mind, there's some that are investing, some are not. That thing about shared space and co-working. For those that aren't too familiar with it, they may be looking at it through the prism of, I've got a four thousand square foot building, and I'm going to do three thousand square foot of shared and a thousand square foot of coffee and. A meeting room—that's mm-hmm. not a model that we're used to. No, it's fair to say, right? And actually, as beautiful and nice as it is to have this discussion and to be in a business lounge, it doesn't make as much money as a private office. Yeah, it's fair I mean, to it's say.
1: Steal your line that you always use when we do mastermind—that rent is our biggest income. <laughs> yes, it is. Um And all of these are are additional in- incomes that you can have after that, and they're more a value add both to your product and what's happening in your building um, and to the people that are coming through the door, I guess. So if you are looking to do co-working, I I mean, doing it on its own, I think personally would be quite difficult unless you have a massive focus purely on community, but you probably will have to be doing a lot of events alongside that. So even then it's not your only income.
0: And you need a good catchment area. Yeah,
1: you need to have a good... And they probably already need to know about it if not you're going to be doing a lot of work to tell them about what co-working is yes and um, but i would say with this type of you know industry when you're coming into yes we're in the space business but we're also very much in the hospitality yep. and sure. yes we're selling space but we're selling it to people and that's generally you know some people forget that at, at the end of the day and when it comes to a model like this you're really having to put your feet in your feet <laughs> you're yeah Put yourself in the customer's shoes. Yes. <laughs> that's the phrase I was going for. we
0: <laughs> I mean, do not literally shoes, but yeah.
1: <laughs> Put your, yeah, so that you can see it from their perspective because the you've got to try and understand the reason that they're coming to you so mm-hmm. that you can offer the right you know service to them and you can respond to them in the way that you would want to be responded to, I guess. Because, I mean, that's what I always do it from the customer journey. You know that's my, yeah. my thing, so it's... Um, yeah, I would always say that it's remembering that you're selling to the people at the end of the end of the day and that's really what's going to make your product work well. If you forget the reason they're coming in and why they want to use the space and the kind of thought process behind it you're yep. probably just going to yeah fall yep. flat slightly.
0: Sure. And so like you say if if you're doing just shared that's like absolutely the most critical thing
1: yeah and i think it's a lot of work that you're gonna to have because to, it's that is a hundred percent the people at that point that and you're it's, bringing it's, together yeah
0: it's trying to keep them coming back and back and back it's like having a bar that has a membership mm-hmm. where you're you're not just expecting people to walk in off the street you've got to keep members you know all that stuff so it's quite difficult The slightly less the more less tangible thing is by having that space is the ability, and you've, you've already touched on it, is the ability to effectively charge more yeah. for your offices because everybody has access to that space. It's such a big difference. And when you're doing viewings, it's just...
1: Yeah, it's that, it's that thing that people like to know that they've got the gym membership with the massage chair and everything else, but they probably don't use it as much as they would yeah. like to. And it's the same with the office space as well. People... When they're hiring as well, it's really important for them to have the ability to say that their employees have access to all of these things. If it's showers that you've got on yeah. site, bike racks, they've got access to meeting rooms if they need privacy. That's really important to them. So it needs to be important to you as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, so when you're looking at the financial model, you think, right, well, if I'm looking at shared space, my income is going to be, this is shared space only, my income is going to be memberships, possibly events, which we haven't spoken about, yeah. and um, meeting rooms. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually, when you come out from the other angle and you say, well, I've got an an office building where I want to put in that shared space. You've got the same income streams we just spoke about, but you've got that fourth one, that less tangible, but really important, which is actually adds value to everything else.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing that, I mean, we had conversations, we went through a bit of a transition where we used to charge everything on a square foot model. And then we went to a per desk, per member, everything was about individuals and that was a really big shift in price as well but what we were looking at was they're actually a member of the building and before we were looking at it in isolation of when they have an office they have an office yeah and now we think that you're a member of the building so yes you've got your private space which is our premium product we also have the value of the community that you're part of all of the other services that we provide events that we host for you the Local benefits you get at your coffee shop, the meeting room access and everything that is there as part of that, as well as all the shared space and the shared space just has that additional income stream that comes in and having those extra bodies in the shared space really changes the dynamic of the building as well because it's so much easier to view a space when it's got life in it. Yes. <laughs> we've done it before where you know we've been doing renovation works and it, it's difficult to sell when sometimes when that's yeah. going on and you're painting the picture and trying to get them to imagine it alongside you but if you've got a really nice um sort of space with people working and there's a really good atmosphere in good there vibe. yeah yeah it's selling itself basically and it, it's proof that people are yeah. coming in and they're enjoying the space so you can then add that into the value of Of the office so actually subdividing the space to have the maximum amount of private space isn't actually the best thing to do sometimes because you might not be able to charge it at the same price you would if you actually made them slightly smaller and gave them all of this other kind of more luxurious stuff alongside it
0: yeah and we you know we've had the luxury now through um or through cpi of being able to see lots of different projects that people are doing. And and we have to remember that people have different motivations and different things they're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about hospitality, yep. a business model that has um, a lot of day-to-day activity going on, operations going on, which might not appeal to some people. But it does derive a pretty good premium. And in some scenarios, that premium can be the difference between actually letting space and the building next door not letting any space because Mm -hmm. they don't have that vibe going on, that that whole community thing. So some people may disregard it as an option, but equally, sometimes it might be the only option if there's loads and loads of office space in your market and you're thinking about differentiating yourself. Maybe you have to consider more about the hospitality and, and the way that the world of work has changed from where it was because when we first got in this business you know it really was there's there's your space there's the keys if you need a hand, just let us know Mm -hmm. whereas now um to keep differentiating to go for more of a premium market and the way that people are consuming space now it just seems that hospitality is becoming more and more important
1: yeah well I mean work is such a big part of everyone's life that you know you they always say that you see your work colleagues just as much as you see your family so it's yes. the same if you come to an office space you're seeing that office that space that environment and the people that are in that space including anyone that hosts it and the community that's around it so if you can make that really sticky then you've got a winning product there yeah. and people will pay extra for that because they spend so much of their life there and their time there that they want to enjoy it they don't want to be in a you know a cold room not speaking to anyone all yes. day
0: this industry has similar things going on to in it to the restaurant industry right now where in the restaurant industry a lot of casual dining has come a cropper there's mm-hmm. been a lot of high profile and less profile casualties in that <laughs> sector um whereas those in the premium not all of them but some of the premium are doing very well and those in the uh, let's just say the fast food sector are um, are also doing reasonably well it's just that middle, the middle bit's bit. been squeezed yeah. and it seems the same and offices there's there's quite a lot of clutter in that casual kind of th- bit in the middle mm-hmm. but in the premium end and, and it will depend on different markets of course but the premium end seems to be holding itself up but also it's fair to say at the end of this bookend, this podcast is that those that have a more functional product a value end are also still doing well I mean yeah. we've we and that's part of our challenge in our business isn't it we've got products at both ends mm-hmm. Um, and our occupancy over the piece is pretty good.
1: Yeah, but I think that's the thing, is that customers generally know what they want at the end of the day. So sometimes they'll come in and they know that they, you know, I just want the space to get my stuff and leave it and that's yep. it. And then you get the other people that want the whole lifestyle holistic kind of package. And yeah, like you say in the middle, it's like, where do you draw the line? And you tend to get a bit more tangled up in that because there's a lot more room for negotiation, all of that kind yep. of stuff. Whereas if you've got, premium product low-end product they're very kind this of concise is. that is what it is and the customer knows that
0: okay let's round this up what any sorry not what is there anything else we could maybe just quickly touch on about business lounge life um and that differentiation with co-work and private office any other thoughts on that
1: get a sign in up for something that tells you everyone's names <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. That's my my one tip. If I give you anything to do, it's, signing
0: up with pictures that pop up. So you yeah, see I is. have a
1: pop up that comes up on my screen. Hello, Claire. So something. nice
0: to see you. You haven't been in for two weeks.
1: <laughs> exactly, and it's just it's such a nice little thing because everybody always loves that you remember their name or remember something about them. So having something like that that can help you because you know your customers do come and go. And as much as you live with them, you do both forget their names every now and again. So <laughs> it does really, really
0: well. Top tip. <laughs> okay, Megan, I think we're going to draw a close tip there. It's been really interesting just to talk through and reflect on some of the stuff we've done here. I do think there's lots of, there's lots of areas that we could probably touch on in the future. If anyone's listening and, and you have found some value in that conversation, maybe you could just reach out and let us know. We've been talking about doing this, a discussion between you and I for ages, right? You're trying
1: oh, well, to convince me anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. Because um, there's so much experience you've got there from working on the front line, and also now working more with our clients and CPI and people just doing all of different things. So, if anyone's got any comments or suggestions for any future episodes, um, reach out and uh, let us know. So, thanks, Megan. Thanks for having me.